Welcome to Freed Up. This is the podcast space where life feels lighter. You know, sometimes life can have us feeling worn out and weighed down, locked up and left out, or just simply looking for more. And if that sounds like you, then you are in the right place. You can live freed up and not fed up. Well, today's episode, you could title it a Tina Tell All, but really it's just an opportunity for me to really be transparent and authentic with you about the areas that I've been working to release over 2021. Releasing has been our theme all year long, and I want to share a little bit about my journey and my progress, hopefully encouraging you to be comfortable enough to share your journey and get support and stay in community, which helps us all get to the place where we need to be. So stay tuned. We'll be back in just a few moments. I know that you'll want to hear this particular episode today. Well, hey there. Listen, I want to say what's up, Freed Up fam. We are back for yet another episode and we literally have this episode and one more before the end of 2021. So it's so crazy to think that we are at the end of this year when it seems like we just started our journey for this work and being able to give some things up in our lives that are holding us back and open up space to receive those things that we want to come in. I do know that there are those of you though who may feel like this year has dragged on simply because of what you've been going through in this year. We have some of our Freedom fam and friends who have had significant losses and deaths in their families this year. We have some who have had major health diagnoses. We have others who are on the other side of those diagnoses and are healing, but they're still trying to fully get their body back in the shape that it was in before. We also have those who have lost jobs in this year, those who have struggled in getting their kids back in school and really dealing with learning loss and just so many challenges. I want to just say to you that we love you here at Freed Up. We are here for you. If you need something, reach out to us. You know you can reach us. Our email address is in the episode description. You can contact us at any time for prayer or for additional tools and resources and connections for support. So I wanted to say that right off. I also want to, before we get started, I want to welcome the new Free to Up listeners. We have some folks who have joined us. So I just want to say to you, I hope that you find Freed Up as a space to fill your faith and mental health bucket. We are really here to support the journey and the progress of anyone who wants to be freed up spiritually, mentally, and emotionally in their lives. And with that, I want to get started right in um, just talking about this topic of release. This has been our theme for this year. And you all know that even when we push past these themes, like our theme from last year was courage up, we are still needing to courage up in this work. So all we do is build on top of these things. We don't let them go. But as it relates to releasing, I kind of wanted to share with you a little bit about my journey because I want to encourage you to embrace the opportunity for accountability. That's part of what community is for. We really thrive and we grow and we progress when we are in community. 
community looks different ways. It can look like having an accountability partner where that's one person who we talk to, we pray with, we share our concerns with, they hold our secrets, they're confidential, and they really offer support for us. Sometimes it can look like being in a small group. Sometimes those are called discipleship groups, they're called grow groups, or they're just called That's my tribe group, you know, Um, but there may be a group of people that you are growing to trust and that you all hold each other up and you're a support base for each other. And sometimes that can look like freed up does. You may not know everybody um, within this community. Maybe, you know, some other people who do listen. Maybe you don't know anybody else that listens, but you're here in virtual connection with others Community is so important because it offers our support. It gives us a place to know that some will be there cheering us on and pushing us through. And so I wanted to share a little bit with you today just so that I could really be in community with you. I want you to know what I'm dealing with so that you can support me and you can pray for me as well. Remember, at the end of every podcast, I always say we are walking this path together because we are. I don't have the market cornered on any of this. I still struggle in my own spiritual walk with God. I still have challenges in my own emotional and mental health. And I share some of those throughout this podcast. So I want you to know that just because I have this platform, it doesn't mean that I've arrived. Remember, freed up is not a destination. It is a journey. And we will all be on that path until we leave this earth. So we want to do it in connection with one another. We are interdependent and dependent on one another. No person is an island and can do this work by themselves. So I wanted to be able to share with you so you all can have and hold me accountable. Email me sometime and ask me, hey, Tina, how are you doing with this area? And I promise I'll be transparent and open with you. Okay. So I want to start off by telling you, I think there are five things I'm going to share. And I don't want us to be on this episode forever today because you guys have other stuff to do. So I want to share as succinctly as I can, um, this is going to be the PG version, okay? Just so you know, there are other versions of my life that I could definitely share with you on the podcast today, but time won't permit it. If in fact, you just happen to be extra interested and you want to know, email me and we can talk about it um, because I am pretty open about the path and the process that I've been on over the course of my lifetime. And I'm so grateful for the growth and there's so much more to do. But today I want to share with you just a few areas that I felt like this year were really pressing in on me to be focused and attentive to as it relates to the release, to the laying aside of the weight. That's the scripture that we've used, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, to lay aside the weights, to lay aside those areas that we know are not God-pleasing, that hold us back from our purpose and our destiny and being able to really do the things that we're put here to do, to be effective in our lives, to be our whole and our best selves, and to really do what Christ said we could do, and that's have life and have fullness of life. So we want to be able to do all those things, and that's why we're working on releasing. So with that said, I'm going to share the first thing that I've been working on intentionally this year and strategically this year, even though it's been something that's been a part of my life forever. And that is, hmm, here we go. I am a control freak, okay? I like to be in control. Okay, so let me frame that with this. Everybody will be in a different place with this. So as a believer in Christ, I know that 
my life is not my own, that when I connected to Christ, I said, you know what? I want to live your way and follow your way and your purposes for my life. Well, that means that I have someone who's guiding me and giving me direction and helping me to do the things that are going to allow me to be purposeful. And then there are times where I decide on my own. Oh, no, I got this. I know what to do. I know the decision to make. Mm, I think it should go this way. And so that really is when I talk about being a control freak, I talk about being a person who is prone to trying to guide and lead my own life and making decisions for myself and being able to choose things for myself. And that that control has gotten me in trouble many times because I don't have the full picture. I'm not all knowing. I have a limited view of what my life is going to be. I don't know what my future is. I don't know what is around the corner ahead. So I really need to trust God for that. So that is actually at the root of my control issues is really not truly 100% trusting God. There are lots of different reasons that that could be the case. I will say this. We don't have to always know all the whys behind the thing that the things that we do or the things that we struggle with. If we do learn those, that's great because then that gives us more information to be able to use as we're turning these things around. We can make progress without knowing all the whys. I will say this. I do know that some of the experiences I've had in human relationships have been letdowns. They've been painful. They've hurt. Being betrayed, being rejected, being um, put down. Those are things that have caused me to, at times, really believe that I need to protect myself. And in order to protect myself and guard myself and not be hurt again, that I need to be in control so that I can make sure that does not happen. And do you want to guess what happens when you try to take control to try to protect yourself and mitigate against all of those other things that happen? Uh, yeah, let me just tell you from my experience, does not work. There is a God who is greater than all of that, who has our best interest at heart and wants to see us be successful. God's plan for us is that we will know how much he loves us and that in turn, we will love him back and want to do things his way and in his timing. And so that's one of the areas of struggle that I'm working on is to be able to trust God for leading and guiding me in my life. Well, that brings me to the second thing, which is working on impatience. These are kind of connected. You know, when I was growing up as a child, um, I remember some of this. And then my mom has told me some of this information too, but I was a very hyperactive child. So I did everything fast. I had so much energy and maybe some of that was pent up nervousness or anxiety. Who knows? I just know I had a lot of energy. I talked fast. I ate fast. I moved fast. And I would have so much energy sometimes, even being in sports all year long, I would still have so much energy and move so fast that my oldest brother, Barry, would often take me outside and have to run laps around our house just so that I could get rid of some of that energy, that pent up energy. When I think about those years, I also think about 
my life now is that I still do things fast. I still don't always take time to really sit with and sit in the opportunity to not be in control, right? And to really trust God, pray about a particular issue in an area to make sure that I'm hearing from God and knowing which way to go. And patience is something that can cause a lot of distress because when we make choices that are not in our best interest, when we make them without all of the information we need, when we make them out of the timing that they need to be made, they often backfire and we can end up worse off than we, than we were before. These experiences that have happened to me have caused me more stress than I would have had if I had just waited. They've caused me heartache at times. They have caused me many disappointments and discouragement. I've been disillusioned. I've wanted to blame other people when in fact, I really just needed to blame myself because I did not slow down and take the time to wait on God to show me what to do. I want to also mention that our theme verse, Hebrews chapter 12, verse two, when it talks about laying aside these weights and these sins that keep us entangled, it says that we can do that so that we can run with patience. And that word patience is also translated to endurance and perseverance. We are going to have to learn to be patient. So that's another area that I've been needing to release and to grow in. Okay, so the next area is perfectionism. Um, There's so much I can say about this, but I will simply say that this has been one of the things in releasing that has been a little bit of a roller coaster ride for me because I've grown in it in this year and I've seen the growth. And yet every once in a while, it's like literally how the roller coaster is like you go up and then there's times where I feel like my hands are in the air and I'm coming down and that's like, woo, I get this rush because I feel like, yes, I'm killing it. And then I realize when I come down from that roller coaster, I was like, man, No, that really was perfectionism. I held myself to this standard that I could not reach. I read a quote by someone, and y'all, I got to check back because I want to make sure you know who said this. It wasn't me, but I'm going to give credit to the right person. But it says, perfectionism is insecurity dressed in a ball gown. I want you to think about that for a minute, because when we put on a ball gown, it looks really good on the outside, right? But it's covering up something that's happening on the inside. And what's happening on the inside is there's insecurity. There's a lack of belief that we can be our true authentic selves. And so we cover it with things that look good. We make it all look great on the outside when in fact, We feel like we have to perform. We feel like we're on that our identity, that our security is based on what we do and how well we do it. There are lots of reasons for that that we can't get into today. And just know at some point on Freedom Podcast, we're going to cover perfectionism, performance, and people pleasing. We're going to cover what I call the three Ps. But I just want you to know that this is an area that I've struggled with for a while and I recognize it. I remember several years ago when I had gotten a a first opportunity to be an executive director of a nonprofit and I was building a staff. I remember having a conversation with one of my key staff people who I spent a lot of time with. And to this day, I don't know if she knows how much she helped me. It could have been very fearful to tell your boss that 
they wanted everything to be perfect. And yet she said that to me without saying it to me. So, you know, all the little jargon now is like, tell me you're a perfectionist without telling me you're a perfectionist. Well, she actually told me I was a perfectionist without telling me that. And I'm so grateful to her today. I didn't recognize it back then. But when I think about it now, I think, man, what a horror story for her to have to be in a situation where she needed to be expected to dot every I and cross every T. And the truth of the matter is that that was my own struggle with wanting to feel valued and to be respected in a way that was coming from a good place, but it was a cover for what really was missing. And that was for me to accept myself, to know that I am enough and I'm lovable the way that I am. And really that perfectionism finds its root in shame. That's another topic that we'll get to, but just know that's an area I've been working to release this year. And there are specific times where when it's happening and I don't recognize it, God will whisper in my ear, let it go. You've done enough. You are enough. This is okay. So I'm just going to slide right on over to this next one, which is insecurity. I know that this is a space and a place where so many of us struggle. And I used to think it was just women, but I know for a fact that it is all of us. Listen, we live in a world and in a society that is constantly having us evaluate ourselves against each other, against the culture. The culture is constantly changing. It's constantly telling us who we need to be. It moves the bar consistently. It raises it one day, lowers it another, moves it over to the left, to the right. We're constantly on this wheel chasing the fountain of youth. We're chasing achievements and jobs and all these kinds of things because we're being sold this narrative that that's what we need to be accepted. And then when you look up social media, everything that you see on there creates an illusion. Social media is an illusion. It is not the reality that we live in. God has already told us who we are and we simply need to connect into that. And I can personally tell you that that's been a struggle for me in this year, that I've found myself becoming more insecure and I can connect some of that to my social media experience. This is interesting. I was at my dentist's office about a month ago and I said, um, I said to him, I said, you know what? I feel like my teeth on the side have, their spaces are bigger and I, I probably should get something done with that. And so he looked at me, he pulled up my chart for the last two to three years. And he said, mm, see that? I mean, literally my teeth looked the same. He told me, he said, you're probably looking at yourself a whole lot more and making judgments about yourself because we tend to do that with selfies and with, with all the social media, we tend to evaluate ourselves a little bit more harshly. And that can create this thought process that we need to be doing something different fixing on ourselves, changing things. And I thought about that and I said, so then I don't need braces, which is cool. I might want to get a retainer, but it's a whole other thing. But the point is that we are constantly struggling against narratives, against belief systems that have been set up in our culture that take us away from knowing who we are in Christ. 
you know, there are some previous episodes that I've done. I believe they're episodes number four and five. Those episodes are called Looking Into Our Eyes, Identity and Intimacy. And in the episode on identity, I talk about the two identities that we have in God. One of those is our created identity, who God made us to be. The other is our covenant identity. That's the identity that we take on when we come into covenant relationship with God through his son. And so there are times where I forget my created identity. I forget my covenant identity. I let these other narratives get into my headspace. I've allowed those to come in and challenge what I know and eke away those things. And so I have to really work toward bringing my mind and my heart and my spirit back to that focus, the core of my created and my covenant identity. And I want to just say this very quickly. I posted this on my IG account not long ago. Insecurity really is a voice of shame. There's so many things that are attached in and rooted to shame, which is why we've got to spend some time covering that in the next year. But when we speak back to that voice with love, with love from God, not our own self-love, because our own self-love is tainted. It's tainted with a lot of the stuff that we picked up along the way in this lifetime. So we need to understand God's love and turn that on ourselves. But once we can speak back with the voice of love and compassion, we can begin to eke away some of that insecurity, eke away the need to compare ourselves to other people, to weigh ourselves against their goodness or not. And we can begin to come into a place where we start to be confident in who we are and who God made us to be. I believe that every single person struggles with this and I've struggled with it in this year. And I want to make sure that we can do this work together and hold each other accountable. So y'all make sure y'all hold me accountable to that as I work in this area in particular. Okay. And this is the last one that I'm going to share. So I'm going to call this self-abasement or self-abasing. I don't even know if that's the right word, but it really is a tendency that I have, a proclivity that I have to make less of myself and to play down, to dumb down. And I think that's really interesting. And it's something that I've walked through in my own therapy before, because I know it's attached to um, insecurity and in other areas that I've been able to um, acknowledge and to grow in. But sometimes I have a tendency to, um, I don't want to say beat myself up, but when I identify an area that needs growth or an area that is of weakness, really tend to think about why do I do things that way? And that causes me to stay in a lower place. And God is calling me up. He's saying, no, I have already created a space and a place for you by grace. It is my grace that is lifting you up. It is my grace that is calling you up. You don't have to hide. You don't have to be less than. You don't have to to be the martyr. You don't have to beat yourself up for 10 days because you made a mistake. That can lead to a lot of negativity. It can also increase that insecurity. It can raise anxiety. And sometimes it can even cause depression. It can cause you to be down in your spirit because anytime you are beating yourself up, really you're being abusive with yourself. We really just need to say, Lord, I need your help to get back up. Show me the way to do this and keep it moving. And so we don't want to play it small anymore. We want to stand up in God's power, in God's grace, 
and in God's forgiveness. And we want to be all that he has called us to be. We are powerful. We are mighty. We are warriors. We are walking this path to freedom and God has so much in store for us. So I just wanted to share, those are a few things that I've walked through this year. And I want to close by just telling you a few of the things that I've been using as tools and strategies for myself, because I have to constantly practice these. Just like I tell you, these are things that you will take on to use as a practice. That means they should be consistent. They're not something that we do one or two times. They are part of our lifestyles and need to become habits and behaviors that we are incorporating every day. And the more that we do them, the easier they become to unfold in our lives. And just like you, I am constantly working to make these consistent in my life. So first, of course, I want to tell you there are Bible verses that I use for this year that I have read and that I have written down and I read them consistently and they have really helped to guide me. I will put them in the episode description box so you will know what they are. The second thing is specifically giving gratitude every week. So every Saturday I have a practice where I do what I call a week in review. I look across the previous week and I write down everything that I can remember for a gratitude. And I've really tried to focus in on these particular areas of any progress that I've seen, because the more that we practice gratitude, the more that it opens up our heart for us to receive the growth and also for us to receive God's care and our love. So those are two things. So the third thing would be connecting in prayer. So really for me, those three tools on the, from the spiritual side have been to read those Bible verses consistently, to practice gratitude um, at least once a week, to to look at the week in review, or you can do it every day, whatever works for you, if it's something you think you want to do or try. And the third thing for me has been to pray about those things that I'm trying to grow in. Be honest with God. I tell God so many times, you know what, God, I had a setback. I did X, Y, and Z, and I'm more mindful of that now, but I really need your help so I can get better at it. I just am transparent with him about it. I talk to him just like I'm talking to y'all. And I know that he's able to help me. And so those are the three spiritual practices that you might consider as you work through those areas that you're releasing. And then there are three areas from the practical mental health side that I've been incorporating as a practice. The first one is self-compassion. This one I could go into a lot on and I will cover in more detail later, but it is a research-backed strategy for us in an effort to really allow ourselves the space, the grace, and the kindness to make progress. This is something that I've needed so much, especially as I've struggled with perfectionism and insecurity and self-abasing. You know, self-compassion really is about being kind to ourselves. So what would you tell a friend of yours who is going through a difficult time? You would be kind to them, right? You wouldn't beat them up. I hope not. But you would say something like, listen, we all have difficult times. We're all working through something. I'm here for you. You got it. Start over. You can do this. That same thing that we would give someone else, we turn it on ourselves and we give it to ourselves. That is self-compassion. That is kindness. That is mercy. And that is grace. And we need that to be a supportive foundation for us to be able to process through and move through some of these challenges that we're trying to get freed up in. 
There's a lot of research around self-compassion done by Dr. Kristen Neff. So Dr. Neff's definition of self-compassion really has three elements to it. It means that you practice self-kindness when you are encountering suffering or pain, when you have experienced a failure, and when you have recognized something that is a weakness or a deficit in yourself. So those are three different areas where we need to apply that self-compassion. And really, this is our ability to take the grace of God and turn it on ourselves. So that's one of the things that I've been able to do so that I don't have to beat myself up every time I go through an experience where I'm feeling badly and it's like, come on, Tina, snap out of it. You know, somebody else has it worse than you. No, be kind to yourself. You may be going through something that's important to you. Don't minimize your own experience just because someone else may be having something that you perceive is bigger than what you're going through or less. We don't need to be doing the comparison game. We can be kind to ourselves in those moments where we're going through pain or when we've experienced a failure. We often need it the most then so that we don't get into that self-abasing mode, right? And then also when we've recognized a deficit in ourselves. The other two things that I practice, practically speaking, that we've talked about before on Freed Up is really understanding how to address those negative thoughts and those unhelpful thinking styles. Remember, we have an episode on that as well. And then the third thing that's so important is that I practice regulating my nervous system. Two of my big go-tos are the four, seven, eight breathing that I use for deep breathing that gives my body a calmness so that I can really sit through and do the work of the thought stopping and, and really begin to be compassionate to myself. Four, seven, eight breathing is where you breathe in for four seconds, you hold for seven seconds, and you exhale for eight seconds. And that allows your nervous system to experience the release from the vagus nerve that helps us to calm down. And then my other go-to that I've talked about before is the emotional freedom technique, which is tapping. I use that a lot for calming as well. So y'all, that's a little bit about me and my journey. It's what I've been challenged in this year to really grow in. I'm going to continue that work because this stuff does not go away just because we focused on it in 2021. This is the work that I'm doing beyond. I don't know what exactly what it is that you are processing through in this year. I want to encourage you to continue on, stay in community, and let's continue our journey to getting free up. And most of all, remember this, you do not walk this path alone. I am walking right alongside you, along with all of this big freed up community. We are in this together and know that God loves you. I love you. And make sure you take care of you.